The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. After the show, honey. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, Google bombs, and holograph charms. <laughs> ah, yes! I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosa. On this week's show, we've got a roundup of tech news to consume, and I take a look at doing remote tech support for your fellow Mac user, and also if you happen to have any Windows relatives uh, and we all in do. the mix. Yeah. You know we all do. We all do. So, uh, but first, some news. News. Or hey, some I just other realized, news. Yeah, some other stuff. Listen, before we get started, I just want to warn folks that both JD and I have fizzy drinks. So I've got the uh, the belching uh, plugins at the ready, yes, just in case to remove that sonic disruption. You know, and if yeah. one slips in, it's not my fault. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm drinking the Hal's New York Seltzer water, uh, York. zero calories. Uh, I. I don't know what makes it New York seltzer if it's New York tap water that's got the carbon dioxide thing in there or it's it's just a branding but it's yeah it's very uh naturally refreshing is it made in New York though let me see because that would that would be um oh uh who is Hal Hal was New York born and made he lived and loved everything New York uh today we pay tribute to him by bringing Hal's New York seltzer Hal Uh, is not a real person Hal, I guarantee you, Hal is not a real person. Yeah, well, Hal, Hal may be from New York, but I don't know. Well, the Seltzer, it's Masbeth. That's on Long Island, so. Yeah, it's New York State. Yeah. Okay, it's a suburb of New yeah, York it's City. The island, so it's he, the so island, so he's, yeah, they, they they didn't say New York City water, but they say right. Hal's New York TM water, so oh. he's trademarked his, his Hal's New York water. So I don't think Hal's a real person. Anyway, I just wanted to say one thing. The reason we have our cold, refreshing beverages is because it's about 9,462 and a half degrees outside. It's the surface of the sun out there. And it has been for at least the last three. Who says summer's going away? This whole summer thing? No, not so much. Literally, they turned off a train line today. Concerned A couple power. of weeks ago, there were goats on the train track. Yeah. What is going on in New York City? I don't know. This is even weirder than weird for New York. It's feeling a little apocalyptic. Uh, I the- don't ever remember them turning off the power on a train line. This must be new guidance after the last blackout. Like they're they're looking at the little needles in Con Ed Central and oh, we're getting ready to overload. We got to figure out a way to reduce some power. Well, you know what? I have been lucky. I have missed every single blackout over the last few decades. That's good planning. Just but (laughs) how did you do that? Well, first off, I was, I was just barely born and we had moved to Connecticut for the 64 one. Okay. Right. Then in 77, I was on vacation. Okay. I was gone for like three months because at that point they used to send me down to Puerto Rico. Okay. And just so like, you, you were, there we go. You were, and so then 2003, you were cutting down a tree in Cleveland. No. <laughs> in 2003, it was the wildest thing. My wife and I were driving. This was before. Yeah. We, we didn't have kids at the time. Yeah. We were driving up to a friend's wedding in Vermont. And as we were driving... Every town we passed, the lights were going out. It that's, was the that's like, like Steven Spielberg freaky. It was yeah. really freaky. We would pull in, and then all of a sudden, psh, the street lights would go out. Uh huh. We pulled into a Dairy Queen. They were giving free food away because everything was out, and it was happening city by city as we went up. Did you have any police Crazy. on your tail? No, <laughs> no. Trying to see what you guys were doing. This thing. It was the wildest. I felt like I was in a Stephen King novel. Wow. You know I mean, like I was the mist. I was bringing this thing. It was the wildest thing. But I have totally missed. 
I missed the rioting. I missed all that stuff. Wow. So by the time you got to Vermont, did it have power? Or yeah, Vermont they... actually had power. All right. So they were out of that whole Northeast. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, they were off that blackout. particular grid. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I remember stories of hearing stories from you and from other folks sleeping here yeah, in, the, was, in the building. Yeah. Well, it was, was the old building. It was the, the old building. Yeah. And the New York Times was still on yeah. 229 West 43rd. Yeah, yeah. And it, a real hodgepodge of a building that had, had been sort of developed from other buildings. I and so it was building. a very inconsistent building, but it now, was also... It's the Discovery Center now or something. Yeah. Like and and, and uh, Twitter or... So, or uh, Yahoo's in there, Yahoo's in there, yeah. But very inconsistent from end to end and floor to floor because yeah. they'd be so you never knew. And the generator, I think, only worked on two floors. So <laughs> it was... If you were working on a non-critical news product yeah. or something, just go home. You know, walk home, right. whatever. I, I had a coworker who walked home to Yonkers uh, from... Wow. That's a, that's a hike. Yeah, that, that's a bit I of a I hope she had comfy shoes. I, I, I hope she had feet by the end when she got home. Um, you know what? I do. I, I know that this is completely out of left field, but now that you mentioned walking and Yonkers and, and a long trip, I have to say, one of the greatest apps ever created in the history of Aptum yes. has to be Waze. Waze? Oh, yeah. The... My gosh, I was not a convert, but really? I did learn. But you used it on the road and you but saw the light? Used it on the road. And, you know, I'm sure you've dealt with people who like to argue with the GPS. Like, they know a better way. Yeah. Mrs. Kaiser is kind of sort of like that. All and right. I have a lot of friends that are so like that. So she's slapping ways around. And... She was slapping ways around. But we were heading on, the, on, the, on some turnpike. And all of a sudden, the skies opened up. The world explodes. All hell breaks loose. There is biblical rain. And, you know, the kids are kind of freaking out because it's like literally like out of control rain. It, there was some serious, serious rain early this summer. High, the, the highway got flooded out. Ways didn't miss a beat. Like, okay, turn here, go there, go up. Blah, 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 blah. On our way back, we, we, we went to Hilton Head in South Carolina. On our way back, truck overturned, fuel truck, explosion, whole nine yards. Didn't miss a beat. Go around. Blah, 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 blah. Um, it was, I am a convert. I think Ways by far, the most useful app in the history of apps. It's very, and the, the crowdsourcing helps. The, Absolutely. It tells you when stuff is on the road and it's accurate. Yeah. And now do you ever sit there with the control panel and like hit the popo button or, you know, report things yeah, as you oh go yeah, here occasionally in the I, will. I definitely, I definitely will. I mean, like, uh, usually like stuff that's blocking the road. I won't say the popo because I mean, I don't. Maybe, yeah, you don't want to, you know, reveal their location. But if there's if a car on the shoulder, you know, I don't want somebody Or if somebody there's an accident coming, or all of a sudden right? traffic slows because the accident has exactly. just happened in front of you, you're reporting that and that feeds back so that everybody else can. Amazing. I mean, folks, if you're going, if you're driving, take ways. Seriously. It's, yeah, it, it may take you, you. Uh, the scenic route through the local towns and streets, but you can avoid yep. that massive uh, tangle there uh, between exits on the interstate. Absolutely. Anyway, how did we get here? I don't know. I'm rambling again, aren't I? Yeah, the, it's heat-induced. You know, yeah, you're it's just... heat-induced. Seriously, it's like 4,000. Well, no, it's about 9,000. I said it was 9,000, right? It, it's very... It's, it's about 14,000 degrees outside. It's hot enough that you step off the curb here in Manhattan and your yeah. feet sink into the asphalt yes. because it's sort actually, of melting. Actually, that is a real thing. Yeah, yes. that's a real thing. Folks, we're not joking. That's actually a real thing. By the way, I got second-degree burns on my feet from the sand in uh, South Carolina. It, it, it's, it's, it's hot I was out of commission for three days. Without buildings to block the rays. The yeah, I got you. I got those tender city feet. Yes, I don't, I don't have I don't have those tough. Uh, you know, walking uh, the Yonkers feet. Yeah, no, I don't have those walking the Yonkers feet. Yeah. Anyway, well, well, I hope hope well, hopefully that was it'll the cool podcast, down. Folks. Yeah, well, I'm hoping it'll cool down you because even the rats are schwitzing in the, the subway. <laughs> it's so hot. Um, it's so hot. 
Yeah. So, but you know, in two months we're going to be complaining about the cold. Oh yeah. But you know what? As I say, we're New Yorkers. We have every right to complain. That's what we do. Yeah. You know, other people like we went down South, South Carolina, Georgia, all those beautiful, nice, sweet. Everyone's so nice. That's not how we are in New York. We're nice, but we're crusty. Yeah. You got to get past the crust. To get to the niceness. That's like the pie. Way. Like pie. Across to get to We're the like nicest. pie. That's exactly what we are. Yes. New Yorkers are pies. All right. So uh, with that, before I get too hungry, I guess we should do oh, some news yeah, here. exactly. Thinking about Android pie now. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Here we go. Anyway, um, it's kind of a heavy news week uh, because, again, really? not a lot of products, but there's been a Stuff. big... If you were on the highway and you saw this 10-car pile up of mm-hmm, politics mm-hmm. and tech companies, yeah. that's sort of like what it is out there. Yeah, I know which one you're going to lead with. Yeah. So, I just have one thing to say before you say it. Idiots. That's all I'm going to say. That, that That's that's part of the report here. We'll yeah. get to that when we yeah. get to the Google bombing okay. uh, part. But yeah. um, there's been a lot of speculation. Does Google skew its search results in favor of the political left? That's uh, one accusation uh, being made against a company by the U.S. president who claims conservative voices are stifled because Google is, quote, rigged to show, quote, bad stories, quote, when searching for presidential news. This this oh, is an on. allegation that's made. Cleansing breath. <sighs> have your fizzy. Now, uh, although uh, none of these claims uh, were backed up with hard evidence uh, and there were threats of implied regulation and a hashtag stop the bias generated in this uh, swirl, Mm -hmm. uh, Google nonetheless offered a statement in response that said, quote, when users type queries into the Google search bar, our goal is to make sure they receive the most relevant answers in a matter of seconds. Search is not used to set a political agenda and we don't bias our results toward any political ideology. Every year, we issue hundreds of improvements to our algorithms to ensure they surface high-quality content in response to users' queries. We continually work to improve Google search, and we never rank search results to manipulate political sentiment, end quote. The company also pushed back uh, on claims that had been given on Twitter that it failed to promote the 2018 State of the Union address and provided screenshots to show that it did. So... And some Reddit people helped out uh, with that, I guess. Oh, no, here, look, here's a screenshot of when I was tweeting during the State of the Union and Google had this little thing saying, go watch it. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. So, so that got debunked. Um, we, we were just reporting this straight down the line. Yes, this we is are. A, a, yes, we it are. said, it said. Yep. Uh, tech journalist Kara Swisher, though, in an opinion piece, mm-hmm. in which she had an opinion or two, uh, wrote... Uh, Kara Swisher had an opinion? Yeah, she did. Yes. Um, the big tech platform should not even be slightly afraid uh, since this threat, the regulation is an empty one. The allegation is both wildly untrue and most easily proved false in all kinds of ways. For example, I doubt Mr. Trump has ever heard of PageRank since he recently showed he cannot work phone so well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> little little shit oh. there. And But her, her big thing was like, look, they're saying this. It's probably, you know a way to sort of generate some other kind of headlines besides the headlines we had last week. That's, yeah, that's... And she said, if you look at it, social media boosted, you know, that that side of the contest way up there, got the message out, amplified it. Uh, If anything, I think she said uh, he should be sending Golden Boss thank you notes Uh uh, to the tech companies. I mean, let's be blunt. Facebook, Twitter, all those platforms, Instagram to an extent, they were all instrumental in making sure that we had Trump 24-7 before the 2016 election. He would say something ridiculous, and it would be amplified tenfold. And on top of that, you had millions, well, maybe thousands of bots and trolls out there. What did we come up with? Trots? We had millions of trots out there expanding and promoting that same message. 
I mean, come on, man. Yeah. This is just idiot. Yeah, so so just if you idiotic. look at the, the 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 what happened there, clearly some issues there. Uh, on the flip side of the divide, Donald Trump Jr. floated the idea that conservative technology investors should start their own social media platform. And some conservative and libertarian Facebook employees uh, have also spoken out about life inside the company, saying, you know, they're they're also using the monoculture argument that Google had when they had that one engineer and mm-hmm. and the Me Too. Mm-hmm. Uh, movement. So there's some internal struggle within the companies where people with conservative views feel they cannot adequately express them. I mean, conservative is one thing. Um, hate Hateful. lies is yeah. another. Uh, I mean, this is it's a long th- way between William F. Buckley and Alex Jones. This is this is the argument that I have on Twitter for the most part. I am not a screaming liberal as people think I am, but I'm not. I just, I'm very conservative in a lot of ways, politically, in my ideology, the whole nine yards, especially now that I have kids, for some reason, it's... it's yeah, there's a whole other range of issues exactly. you gotta care about now with kids. But I draw the line at hate. Yeah. What 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 these folks are promoting that's getting banned on Google and banned on Twitter and banned on Facebook is not conservative ideology, it's hate. Period. So come on, man. This is just nonsense. And plus, you know what? If they want to start a platform, if conservatives want to start a platform, that's great. But the whole point of a of a social media platform is expanding your circle and connecting with other folks, not just 10 people. You might as well just go on 4chan if that's the pill. Yeah, it's, you know, it's creating an echo chamber. Exactly. Or whatnot. exactly right. um, and the Atlantic actually did take a look at the issue and found that mainstream media organizations have a wider reach, uh, have better resources and do more reporting than smaller, uh, more explicitly politicized outlets and outside the political spectrum. So that's why you're going to see them that's higher exactly up in the why. rankings. That's exactly right. Plus, it doesn't make sense for Google from a business point of view to 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 manipulate their algorithms. It doesn't make business sense. Yeah. None whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense. The argument is specious. It's ridiculous. Yes. So so, so there was a lot of that uh, going on midweek. Right. right. One can't help but wonder uh, if last month's Google bombing stunt that drove photos of Donald Trump Sr. to the top of the results in Google image search when mm-hmm. the word idiot was typed in uh-huh. to the search box yep. might have something uh, to do I'm with this. I'm pretty uh, sure that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about Donald Trump. He, he d- tends to have a bit of a he doesn't have the thickest skin when it comes to stuff like this. Yes. He's a re- he reacts a little quicker than than he should. Yes, and uh, the current campaign to manipulate search engine optimization results uh, seems to have started earlier this summer uh, with upvoted posts on Reddit. Reddit I guess they yeah. decided they were going to make a run there. Yep. But Google bombing, not anything new to no. anyone who's just noticed this or read about the, the recent story. It's been around for at least 15 years. Uh, one of the most well-known efforts was from December 2003, where for a time the search for miserable failure brought up the official biography of then-President George W. Bush Mm -hmm. um, as a top result. And that was a result of a grassroots campaign urging webmasters from around the web to link to whitehouse.gov biography page with the words miserable failure in the text. And and yeah, it's like, hey, let's mess with the search engine optimization and get a joke out of it. Same kind of thing happened here, even though Google constantly fights against manipulation. And I think... It wrote a post in, in 2005. I'm going to link to it on the show page, but I think Marissa Mayer may have still even had been there and mm. written the post about how Google takes this so seriously and they don't want any manipulation in the mathematical data that, that creates their results that they, they have to figure out how to, to stop it. They don't want anything messing with their algorithms. Nothing. They yeah. don't want anything messing, manipulating, 
messing with what you get when you put a search term in their page. Yeah. Period. So it's bad for business. Yeah. So so it's been a heck of a week there for uh, the socials and. Speaking of tech and politics, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook and Jack Dorsey of Twitter are set to testify in front of the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee in an open hearing on September the 5th. Larry Page of Alphabet also received an invitation to the party, uh, was slower than the others to respond. I don't know if as of now he has responded, uh, but he did get the the invite to, to, to come on down to nice. D.C., uh, where the weather's always lovely. Oh, yes. And um, have a chat with the committee. Uh, the Republican Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina said the social media companies will be asked about their responses to foreign influence operations on their platforms, uh, I guess 2016 onward. And uh, while Facebook Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg attended a House Energy and Commerce Committee hearing in April that we all remember oh so well, uh, this is the second time for the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, to call companies to testify, and they're sending Sheryl Sandberg, uh, so uh, she's very high up in the company. They're not sending people, you know, from the PR department to do this. No, definitely not. Sending the COO and then uh, Mr. Dorsey of Twitter. So, so they've got this big date in Washington mm-hmm. coming up. But in the meantime, they're not just sitting around. Uh, social media companies often run little experiments to test new features on a small set of users. Twitter is no exception here. The company confirmed it was testing new ways to help users see content they actually care about uh, by offering suggestions uh, to basically dump useless accounts that they never pay attention to. Right. So, you know, suggestions to unfollow. Or as an official tweet announced, we know that people want a relevant Twitter timeline. One way to do this is by unfollowing people they don't engage with regularly. We ran an incredibly limited test to surface accounts that people uh, were not engaging with to check in if they'd like to unfollow them, end quote. You know, just helping you out. You, you never talk to this person. You I know, like why? That. I like that a lot. So, yeah, having done it manually, you yeah. know, they're, they're trying to help you out here with the automatic. Nice. Where were you about a year ago? Yeah, so so they, they admitted they were doing this. Uh, don't know if it's going to be anything. It was apparently just this limited test. But um, I, I remember seeing it come across my Twitter feed. It's like, Twitter is, you know, showing you which accounts to get rid of to make your timeline better. And I'm like, all of them? Oh. But, uh, um <laughs> Some days it feels like that. Yes, so, so uh, but there. Uh, but while we're on the topic of Twitter feed maintenance, um, the U.S. president also unblocked some additional Twitter users after a federal judge in May said preventing people from following him was violating those individuals' constitutional rights, public mm. office, uh, that right, sort of right, thing. Exactly. So, so, so bit big week for Twitter uh, there too. Big week for blocking, Twitter. unblocking, following, unfollowing. By the way, uh, I'm going to. Uh, I just. I, I don't know if we talked about this beforehand, but. I'm going to file a lawsuit against all the major social platforms because anytime we search for Pop Tech Jam, or rather anytime we search for Best Tech Podcast, it doesn't come up with Pop Tech Jam. So obviously- Manipulated rankings. They're manipulating the rankings because obviously we are the best tech themed and pop culture all right. podcast around. So, all right. Yeah. Well, well, let me know. I when just want to let you know. Let me know when you have papers to sign. It's going to be in San that. Francisco, of course. Yes. Ninth Circuit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ninth Circuit. All right. So, so you have a, a project for you yourself. You might yeah. get a call. All right. I'll, I'll make sure my phone's on. Now, uh, moving away from politics, but not social media, Facebook's watch video platform has gone global now after its initial launch here in the United States. Uh, in case you weren't paying attention, Facebook Watch is a place on the site for users to find shows and video creators and discuss all this video they're watching with their friends and those involved in the making of the content that's going global now. So people around the world can have these joyous Facebook Watch parties. Have you ever used Facebook Watch? I don't even use Facebook anymore. That's true. You you, st- you have stepped away from the platform. I'm still, you know, I still have the account, but yeah, I, I, I go on there once a month, maybe. 
post a new cat picture and get out? No, I haven't posted anything in like two months, maybe. Yeah, it's just uh, an occasional like for some people I know. But yeah, but uh, you're easing it out of your life. Aren't I you? am easing it out of my life. There's, you know, there's no reason to be on there. Yeah, I mean, right. you feel like at, at some point you feel like, what is it adding? Yeah, and it's obviously just mining me for. Yeah. All sorts of information. For shoe know. ads. Yeah, for shoe ads. Yeah. You're exactly right. For shoe ads. Yeah. So, you know, they got what they they got what they can. Yeah. Now, you know, you guys do what you need to do with that information. All you right. ain't getting any more from So it. you're yanking the wires out of the matrix and you're leaping out of your pod and you're uh, getting on the Nebuchadnezzar and off you go. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> absolutely. But unfortunately, they're starting to muck around with Instagram, which is annoying me. And you know yeah. I like Instagram. It so was going to happen. Yeah. It was going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, keep us posted on your I sure will. What social media platforms yes, we can indeed. find you on. Yes. Now, uh, also moving on, could augmented reality glasses be coming around for another go after Google Glass really? uh, faded a bit from view? The glass holes are back? Uh, no, Apple just acquired a Konya Holographics, a Colorado-based company that makes lenses for augmented reality glasses. Really? Aconia said its display technology allows for thin, transparent, smart glass lenses that display vibrant, full-color wide field of view images. So cool. all those movies where the people have the, the augmented reality yeah, or yeah, the, yeah. the cameras built in, you know, like in Ocean's 8, yeah. maybe something like that. According to background information on its website, Aconia owns more than 200 patents related to holographic systems and materials in its portfolio, which is probably what Apple was going for. I think so. Yeah, so so we'll we'll see uh, what we get there in a couple of years. I want the Terminator AI. That's all I want. Yeah, I know. You've been wanting that for a while. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Uh, also in wearables news, Google is rolling out an update to its Wear OS for Android-based smartwatches. The update includes one-swipe access to notifications and fitness data and a m more proactive help uh, from the Google Assistant, hmm. uh, who is going to, you know, step up its efforts to help you with, say, It'll show you your, your flight reservation automatically if you swipe on the watch dial, if it senses you're geographically headed to the airport, you know, location and time. Oh, that's interesting. It's yeah. like, oh, look, we see you're approaching LaGuardia. Just swipe the, you know, oh, your, your plane's been delayed. <laughs> yeah. Because you know that's exactly what it's yeah. going to say. Yeah. So, so, so they're trying to, to be helpful like that, even though it's getting creepy but helpful. Yes. Um, not every smartwatch is getting the update, however, but if your Android Wear uh, watch runs 2.0, uh, you'll probably be seeing it, though. I think oh, okay. some of the older Android watches weren't, were not quite capable uh, to run this software. I don't have an Android watch. You don't have any watch. No. I know your wrist is naked. Hey, I have a naked wrist, and it was because the iPhone made it that way. Yeah, well, so. at least you didn't get a tan line. So That's that true. Was, I got know. a nice and even tan line. Yeah. There you go. And finally, and finally, the blockchain. Blockchain. Yes, uh, it's been a big buzzword in business advertising for a while, and you can't read a story about Bitcoin or any yeah. other cryptocurrency without mentioning blockchain. Right. But if you're not sure deep down what it means, Vice uh, has a handy explanation, which I'm going to liberally quote because they did kind of uh, frame it up nicely. There you go. At its core, a blockchain is just a database that is maintained by a network of users and secured through cryptography. When new information is added to the database, it is parceled in blocks, which can be thought of as containers for this data. Every so often, a new block is created and linked to a chain of previously created blocks. Each block has a unique ID called a hash that is created by running an ID of the block uh, that chronologically preceded it, and then the data is stored in the current block through a cryptographic algorithm. Mm. So this is why it's big for cryptocurrency, because they are taking all of this data. Everyone's seeing the same data. You know, it's all legit and above board because everyone can see the same stuff. So, And then it's cryptographically uh, encrypted there. Uh, so this ensures the integrity of all the data stored on the blockchain 
because altering any of the data in that block would produce a different hash. So uh-huh. they can instantly tell if something's so gotta, been messed up. Right, because you got to match hashes. Yeah. So uh, the blockchain uh, has this digital public ledger where a hash data string is there for anybody can see it and verify for themselves. So it's all out in the open. Mm-hmm. We're all on the same page. And um, so, so that's basically how the blockchain is, you know, it's all data and, and uh, cryptocurrency is deep into this. It's like a tech term. It is almost. Nice. Yes. Uh, I haven't done not one in, in a while. Not, yeah, not intentionally though, but yeah. blockchains of this type were first invented by the cryptographer Stuart Haber and Scott Stranata in 1991 as a way to timestamp digital documents to verify their authenticity. This yes. is what they were thinking way before we got into currency. There you go. But now Vice, uh, who had this lovely explanation of what a blockchain is goes on to report that it's found the world's oldest blockchain and it predates Bitcoin by 13 years. And it's been right there in the printed classified section of the New York Times all along. Really? Yes. Uh, that, wow. That's what caught my interest on this story. Because they have to post the customer hashes to, uh, you know, the public ledger or whatever, researchers uh, have figured out, well, we have to get timestamping in here. They created a unique hash value of all the new seals added to the database each week, and then they've encoded it into, mm-hmm. you know, the gobbledygook that, you know, when you mm-hmm. see a Bitcoin mm-hmm. address, you know, yeah. the hash there. And what they do is they take this hash value and they print it in the classified section of the Times. And so it's this little small ad in the Times classified section under the heading Notices Lost and Found. And it's appeared once a week since 1995. So I have no idea. I didn't. I mean, classified advertising has gone downhill in a while, but I guess they're they're still buying it here. That's the only thing keeping it alive right now. It's been buried in the classifieds for all of these years. And they just figure, well, the Times is a public document. You get a timestamp because it's printed on a certain time. It shows up in the archives. You see this physical thing that's printed on a certain day. There's a date right there. And you can't really go back in time and change the numbers on the new. I mean, you could forge. Mm-hmm. Copies of it, but if everyone, you know, said, well, let me see what you know, the classifieds for like May 13th, you know, 1997 were, people could very easily figure it out if you fudged it. Right. So they've got this system and they, these two guys just thought it up. It's all there for all to see time stamped in ink on newsprint, um, all the blockchain is fit to print. So it's, wow. and who knew it was in there? I mean, amazing. I did not hang out in the classifieds a lot, mm-hmm. uh, even in the heyday, but uh these guys figured out that the Times would be a, a perfect uh, archival vehicle, uh, and so they would just print their hash every week. And what happens when the classifieds go away? It's going to go on Craigslist. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, let, let's let's not go that too far in the future because that would be sad. <laughs> yeah, it would be very sad. But yeah, so I, I thought that was a fascinating story. I'll have a link to the full one because Vice explains it much better than I do. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, right there, and we'll have a link to that story and all the other ones we talked about in today's news on our show page at poptechjam.com. Up next, some tech help. So I think we may have talked about this in passing recently, but you know the the whole remote tech help thing where I'm you're on the phone with somebody, yes. somebody who is not as familiar with the computer as you are, you're mm-hmm. trying to help them just do a simple little thing like put an icon in the taskbar and yep. pin it or yep. find this document that they can't that they stored somewhere and they don't know where it's at, but the verbal energy it takes to explain this, you know, click here, no, go do that. What do you see on the screen? No, don't click there. It can be agonizing. Yeah, you have to have the patience of a saint. And so one way to deal with this, clearly a remote desktop is one way to do it and log me in and all these services that let you sort of take control over somebody else's computer. A little more complicated to set up if you have to buy third-party software uh, to do that and then you have to have the trust of the other person. Usually it's a family member, so 
that, that's not a huge consideration. But still, both Apple and Microsoft realized, oh, people who have one type of computer in their family, maybe the whole family is an all-Windows and all-Mac thing. Mm-hmm. Not everyone lives together. Even if you're just next door in a physical house, you're still not in the same room. Right. They started to work in remote assistance options, uh, and they've had these for years. Uh, I think even going back to Windows XP, I think you had Windows uh, remote so, assistance. Yeah. I think so, And Apple's had some kind of comparable thing. Uh, in the latest versions of the, the system, they really kind of stepped it up, tried to make it easier because in the old days, getting the remote assistance session set up were basically <laughs> – People exchange emails. You ask for permission to right. take over somebody's computer. They say yes, and then you kind of wait for the connection to uh, happen. Then you can see a window on your screen showing their screen, and you right. can either take control of the mouse and fix the thing or see what they're talking about with this alert box. And uh, hopefully their internet speed was decent. Yes, and it wasn't uh, sort of yeah. the, the, the toxic, you know, yeah, let's, let's move the window every, you yeah. know, a micron every minute. So, so they have gotten a lot better. I think they've cleaned up the, the video transmission too so it's a little it feels a little more responsive but uh, what they've done because it was a little confusing especially for somebody who did not have a lot of computer knowledge to begin with trying right. to walk them through and if you had to set up the computer to, to the allow you know to accept imitations that was a whole other step so microsoft with windows 10 went to this thing called quick assist which has simplified it uh, tremendously it's just a little app you go into the search box you type quick assist pop open the app and then you can uh, click either give assistance or get assistance. So if you're uh, trying to help somebody, just click give and then send them a message saying, here's a security code. Mm-hmm. This will pop up on your screen. Type in this code and then I can see your machine. Right. Much easier than them trying to, to, so to much easier, derp yeah. around the remote assistance. Yep. And then you take over the machine. You see what needs to be done. And the security code is only good for 10 minutes uh, to at least get connected, and then you can do what you need to do, but it's not like hanging out there where anyone can come along and take over the machine. Mm-hmm. And the person on the other end can ch- close the session anytime they want. So right. Quick Assist, very handy for Windows users if you're on the Mac. They have a couple of different ways. One of them is going away, though, because they had that back to my Mac thing you could do with iCloud, but they're getting rid of that in macOS Mojave. Mm. So only a few more weeks of uh, back to my Mac. But they incorporated all the screen sharing into uh, the Messages app. So really? when you are having a text message or you're sending uh, funny pictures to somebody uh, from your desktop, you can uh, click their name. And then when their little bit of information comes up, you know, on the other side of the window mm-hmm. where you have the, the body of your conversation, you can click the details button. Pops open information about, you know, their phone number, where they're at. And then there's a screen sharing button. So you click that. They get a message saying, hey, so-and-so would like to take over your computer or just view your computer. Do you want this to happen? You can choose what you want. Sometimes you just say take full control of the computer. You click that button, and then the the person who had sent the invitation can then take over the uh, the computer, see a window of the other person's computer on their Mac, and fix whatever needs to be happened. This is all happening through the Messages app. But this is this is only going to happen with Mojave. Uh, no, the, the messages, yeah, the, the messages stuff works now. Oh, it and works that, now. That, Yeah, that's, ah. that's been around for a few versions. I've so. never used it. Yeah, so, uh, so so that is very handy. Um, Apple Remote Desktop, I think, is another. That's the more IT and men kind of thing, which might be a little complicated for some people. Uh, that's also a factor. I think you actually have to buy Apple Remote Desktop now. Um, yeah, I think so. I but the, so. the the messages one, I, I used it in the work, you know, for as these things work, it was fine. And it was mm. quite simple to to go in, offer the assistance, fix the thing that needed to be fixed in and get out. Yeah. So uh, I use the remote access for my uh, Apple server. So. Yeah. 
So, so, so lots of options there. The, the back to my Mac thing, a few more weeks though. Uh, it's gone. I never even knew that existed. Yeah. So, so, so handy ways. So if you have a, a parent who's maybe four or 500 miles away, mm-hmm. is having an email problem or can't figure out, you know, why the password isn't working or right, whatever, right. instead of doing all of that, you know, operating blind and trying to talk them through it while trying to visualize what's on their screen, you just, just pop onto your computer, fix it, boom, you're done. There you go. I yeah. love it. I so it. I will have links to how to use uh, both of these tools, both for Windows and uh, the Mac operating systems on our show page at poptechjam.com. And that was a hopefully helpful hint. Nice. We got to get out of here. Yeah. It's, I mean, not totally out of here because it's air conditioned in here, but. Almost. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we need to stop talking though. So. Yes, exactly. A lot of hot air. Yeah. Yeah. Pushed down. Yeah, and yeah. it's about 16,572 degrees outside. With humidity. With humidity. Yes. Yeah. 100% humidity. Yes. So, uh, but before we mount, thanks to the bros. Yes. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros. If you think it, they will build it. Yes. And thank you listeners out there. We yes. hope you're enjoying that. Before we head into the seriousness of uh, the fall season. Yes, and the hardcore eating season. Yes, That's yes. just around the corner. Just a few months, you know, once, yeah. you, see, once you see the Halloween candy start yeah. populating yeah. on the shelves in August. Yeah, just yeah. buy your stretchy pants. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's coming down the road here. Oh, yeah. It's definitely coming down the road. So until next time when we're back with more, and hopefully it'll be cooler outside, mm-hmm. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Drink lots of water, people. Yes, indeed. Stay hydrated. <laughs>